0: Thanks, team. And Mr. Keyboard, can you stay with me? That'd be great. <laughs> Praise God. I'm really excited. Thanks, Pastor Hartley and Natalie, for allowing me to speak here. And uh, I, you've got to realise what we've got here in church, people. You know, we are the custodians of the Word of God. We're the generation that's responsible... keeping the Word of God, not just alive, but taking it to the next level. There's so many things, you know, the world's gone crazy at the moment. I don't even watch television and I still know. It's just out of control. And you see, the Bible is the only thing that will ever give us true north. Nothing else. My son, he's just turned 16 and he's just started studying for his owls and we're in the lounge room sitting around the fire after dinner a couple of nights ago and we're doing all these practice questions and we're having a lot of fun you know it's like you know what do you do when you're going around a corner and your car starts to lose control a jam on the brakes b um, put your foot flat to the floor and try and do a fishtail b <laughs> and and it's was just a lot of fun around that. And then there was this one question which absolutely amazed me. It said, if you've been taking illegal drugs and you need to drive home, should you A, have a glass of milk and wait for half an hour first? B, get someone else to drive for you? It, it, I'm like, what is this? It's crazy, that's that's almost like saying, if you've just robbed a bank and you need to get away real quick and you're on your L's, should you A, get someone else to drive, B, get one of your parents to drive, C, rob the bank at the time of day when when there's not much traffic on the road so you're not gonna endanger anybody. Come on, it's the same law society that's putting out both things. Because our world has no moral compass, we've got, there's no, if you wanna walk in a straight line, the only way you can walk in a straight line is to find something to look at, to line yourself up with, something that's fixed, that doesn't move or shift or move about, and align yourself to that and just walk. Otherwise, you're just gonna veer off. And we, we, we're custodians of this word, which is the unchanging word of God. Which, which but Jesus said there's not, not one dot, not one, not one comma, not one, one cross of a T could ever change. It was spoken since the beginning of foundation of the world. God spoke it out of his mouth. It holds true right from the start to the finish, from cover to cover. And we're the custodians of this word. It's our job to... See, the world's saturated with Bibles right now, but they're not having a lot of effect in a lot of places because people need the Word of God in them and give it out to people. In a book, it doesn't do anything. It's the church's job, it's our job. We're the generation that can hold up hope for the world, for our generation. When, what's history gonna say? I didn't plan to say any of this, but it, what's history gonna say in a few years' time, in a hundred years' time, when they look back on our generation, what are they gonna say? What's the history books gonna say, people? What are they gonna say? Are they gonna say the world just went down, there was this great falling away, there was just, just devastation all around the earth that just plummeted into this great meltdown? Or are they gonna say there was a the people of God who stood up, who stood strong, who didn't care what anyone thought, who didn't care what people said, who didn't care what the opposition said, amen, who didn't? Who weren't frightened of what people said, who stood and told their workmates and transformed their lives, transformed their streets, transformed their towns and cities, amen. This is our. this is, I tell you, we live, people say to me, oh, Jesus, what? I'm, I'm, I know the I know things are going crazy out there, but it kind of excites me a little bit in, 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 in one sense. Like, I don't want to see people suffering and all what we've been seeing in the news. It's terrible. But I tell you, something on the inside of me still gets excited because I think that it's black and black and white's white and there's no gray left now. You know what I mean? You, you either follow this or you don't. You either follow this or you need to. We're going to help you to. There's only two people out there. There's not good and evil so much, although there is, but there's the people who know the Word of God and who follow it and the ones who who don't know it yet. And we're going to help them, amen. We're going to help them find the Word of God that'll take them right through earth, that'll take them right through every situation, that'll take them right through into their eternity, that'll buy them eternal life. How awesome is that? It'll not just change their life here on earth, not just improve things for a little while, set them up forever and ever and ever and ever. And then what's it say? Like we've just done a thousand years and we've just begun, it says in that great hymn. And we've been there 10,000 years, it's just like we've begun. See, so the, the, the attack is against the word of God, it's not against people, it's against the word we have we, got to become custodians of this word we're to become people who've got this word and i believe that right at the bottom of all you know that this was a great series on emotions and and all of that and it's there's people in the church today in the church mind you it's just people everywhere who are on antidepressants and and going through hard times and that's not to judge or or condemn anybody here who might be going through something like that, not in any way, please hear me, I'm not, not here to do that. Um, any, it's right through the earth, there's just doctors are prescribing things and people are going through stuff and there's names for conditions that once upon a time we never ever heard of. I guess people still suffered, but there just seems to be an academic of this emotional instability in society. And I love this series because it's addressing the real causes of some of these things. But you know, if we could just get this Word of God inside us, you wouldn't get depressed. You wouldn't get near as anxious. You wouldn't find yourself in fear, but you just need this, the the voice that's in here needs to be louder than all the other voices. The only way you can do that in, in... well, the only way I can do that, let me put it this way, is if I don't switch on the television. But you've just got to you've just got to find a way in your world that this word becomes the dominant voice that's going into your ears. See, Jesus t- Jesus said this word is just like the seed. It's just like the seed that the farmer would sow. But how many people know how that story goes? There wasn't some of the crops didn't come up, did they? There's one seed that just fell upon the path, person never even took it on board. Birds came and took it away. There's another seed that, that fell in shallow soil, the Bible says, and it sprung up and got all excited. It came to church for a few weeks in a row, was in, a, you know, in the thick of things, and then the sun came up on that seed, the Bible says, and it scorched it, and it shriveled up. Then, oh, I haven't seen that person for a few weeks now. They were so excited at first. And Jesus said it's because that seed didn't have any roots. The, the ground was shallow. There was, no, there was no depth of soil there for the seed to go down into for it to grow up and be able to withstand anything. That's like, that's like they didn't have much of the word going on in their life. They weren't established. They needed to be discipled and helped and encouraged. And then there was a seed that fell amongst the thorns. Remember that one? And that was all the other voices. All the other voices came in, and the Bible says it choked the seed and stopped it from bearing any fruit. See, the soil has only got so much goodness. It can make the seed grow, or it can make the weeds grow. But it can't make both the weeds and the seed grow. And we have to, we have to dial the volume down. People on the things that come into our ears and the things that we focus our attention on. We've got to dial it down so that the word, it's the only way, if you want to be a custodian of this word, that's it, that's how it works. Otherwise you just become a kind of a, you know, middle of the row, middle of the line sort of Christian that's, that's there but not really making a lot of difference. Is this good? Is this helping? Yeah. I tell you, God's good. Well, I'm gonna preach here tonight, in a minute. We'll get started here shortly. 1 Peter 5, verse six to nine is the scripture I'd like to share with you from tonight. God is so good. 1 Peter 5, six to nine. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you in due time. Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Be self-controlled and alert your enemy, the devil roams around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, everybody say resist. Resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. You see, the devil comes to, to, to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus said, and he, and he thrusts all these things against people, not just people in church, but everybody. And the first thing we have to do to get out of some of the bondages that we find ourselves in is humble ourselves. And humbling yourself, there's been a massive misconception about what it means to humble yourself. You know, there's all this, what I call like a religious humility, which is, all it is is just pious and, you know, sitting in a certain place and looking a certain way and, you know, being perhaps a bit quiet and withdrawn and not bringing attention to yourself or anything like that. I don't believe that's what that means. What I think humbling yourself is, is simply just, Asking God. It's reaching out to Him for help. It's coming to Him, and you know, I, I when we first moved to Sydney, I had a huge job transition-wise coming from the country 15 years ago, back in the year 2000. Driving in the Sydney traffic it was such a challenge. I remember one guy said to me, he said, "Look, all you have to do is just drive in the middle aisle, in the middle lane." And, and just go along with everybody else. Don't get in either of the side ones, and you'll be fine. So I, that's how I drove for like about one year, I think. And um, I just there, there's nothing worse than when you pull up at a set of lights and you're in the wrong lane and you need to turn. There's a turning lane, and your lane doesn't have arrows on it. It should, but it doesn't. What are you going to do? I've tried a few different things. If if you um, Happen to be coming in slowly, and, 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 and the traffic's just starting to move. If you're quick, you might be able to see someone who's left just a tiny bit much of a gap and just quickly nudge your way in. But normally that's not really that well received. You tend to get tutted, and people flash their lights and carry on. But I, I've learned something else. What I do now is I'll just pull up alongside, if I'm in this lane and I wanna be in that lane, I'll just pull up alongside someone, I'll look across, I'll put my window down, and I'll keep looking just to get there and, and I'll even give a little toot if I need to. i was say, oh, can I, can I just get in there? And you know what? Virtually every time they'll say, yeah, no worries. And, and they'll, they'll stop when the lights go green and they'll let me pull in. See, I think that's like humbling yourself. Instead of just kind of trying to jam in there and they, ah! they carry on. In a truck, it's kind of cool because you can sort up, you know. <laughs> but I find, I find that's just how life works. If you kind of go like cap in hand a little bit, it's just, it's a little bit, you know, embarrassing sometimes, but it's like, oh, excuse me, can I? Yeah, no worries. And, and they stop and they, they'll wait and they'll let you in. It doesn't work like that in Victoria, but it does here in New South Wales, amen. Praise God, it's true actually. Humbling yourself is the way that we come to God. You know, the Bible says that God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You see, there's things that can actually block God from intervening in our lives. Reaching out to Him. He wants nothing more, like that story of Samson, than for us to come to Him humble yourself. Under God's mighty hand, the Bible says, and He will lift you. He will lift you. So many people, when they come to God, they might humble themselves, but they're not so sure if God's got their best interests in heart. They've been brought up in in a church or in a culture or in a mindset or with a particular view that God's angry. That God's not happy with them. That God's looking for justice, that he's looking for judgment, that he's looking for all these things, which is so not true. You know, even right back to the beginning, this is the devil's biggest trick, is to get people thinking that somehow God's not happy with them. Somehow that God's not going to do for you what he does for Pastor Hartley, or Pastor Mick, or Patrick, or whoever. You know, because, you know, these guys are There's all these different classes of, you know, gods. And and the devil causes people to think like that. And it goes right back to the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve were in the garden. And of course, we know the story. The devil comes to them, not as a roaring lion, but as a snake. You know, if he'd have come to them as a roaring lion, they'd have seen it straight away and they'd have said, get out of here. Get in your place but the only way he could get to them was to deceive them. It had to be a mind game. He could not intimidate them because they, 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 they run the show. God gave all the control of the earth, they named the animals, they tilled the ground, they looked after the garden. God had completely empowered these guys. No, no lion was gonna intimidate them. But he comes as a crafty cunning snake and he says, Did God really say that you shouldn't eat of that tree, tree of knowledge of good and evil? And they said, Yeah, that's right. And he said, No, 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 no. He said, You don't understand. God, God, God knows that if you eat of that, that you're actually gonna rise up. You're gonna you're gonna become like equal to him compared to where you are. Like he's he told you that because he wants to keep you there. He doesn't want he doesn't want you to go from where you are up to where he is he wants to he wants to hold and so the devil sowed this this lie into people's lives and they started to believe it because they you know they were deceived and of course we know the story that they turned that they followed the word of the of the devil and and disregarded the word of God and God came to them and and they realized they were naked and they the bible says they sewed fig leaves together and clothed themselves and then god finally found where they were and he said no 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 these fig leaves are no good let me let me let me get you something better and so the bible says he he slew an animal and covered them made clothes out of the animal's skins you know god just god loved the people right from the start and and There's all these different teachings. I've heard people teach that God threw them out of the garden and all of this. Now, God just stopped them from eating of the tree of life because that was his mercy, actually. He was being nice because otherwise they would just keep living on and on and on and on and on. And um, I don't know about you, but 110, 115, I'm ready to check out of here. Amen. I'm going for that, but by then I'm ready to check out. I don't want to keep going on and on and on. That's God's mercy. And people misread the word of God. And he, he didn't only, they covered themselves. They tried to hide themselves with this stuff. And people cover themselves up. Oh, if I've got enough Instagram likes or Facebook or things like this, if my popularity is there, well, that's okay, that's the ma- oh, Everything else is okay. As long as that's right, I'll be fine. Well, they cover themselves up with, you know, if I can just be positive and get through this, we'll be all right. It'll, it'll, come, it'll come together. There's all these worldly things that will cover things up. we we'll just sweep it under the carpet. It doesn't really matter. It was only a small... Everybody else does it, amen. Everybody else is doing that. It's not illegal. There's no law against it. It'll be fine. They just, they just put one of these man-made covers over themselves. But I'm telling you here today, there's only one thing that can cover a guilty person's heart. There's only one thing that can cover sin in the life of any human being, and that's the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, that that animal, that that slain skin represented God, pouring that out over. Them. Jesus was actually there when it happened. The Bible says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and by Him all things were made. Jesus was right there and God was looking at him and he he shed the blood and he said, this is your blood, this is the blood of Jesus. Now we're putting it on these people. We're not just going to cover them, but we're going to fix it. And when you get covered by the blood of Jesus, you're set free. You're born again. You know, I just find myself everywhere I go just preaching the gospel how it sets people free. There's a story I love to tell about being born again. There was this this old bull, this farmer had this old bull. I like this story, maybe I'll relate to it. This farmer had this old bull out in his back paddock, and it was a mean, angry, cantankerous bull. It It would plow through all his fences. He'd have to get it and retrieve it from his neighbor's property. It would charge after all the other animals and injure them. It would charge after him. It would headbutt the ute. It would do all kinds of crazy things. And one day this bull was just sitting there, eating some grass out in the back paddock, thinking to itself, and the bull saying, you know, I've been really, really mean. I'm pretty bad, actually, but I I, I think I'll change. I'm gonna change. And he saw some of these sheep running past and he said, that's it, I'm gonna be like a sheep. They just run along, they all follow each other, they all get along good. They go where the farmer wants them, they just eat the grass, they don't carry on or make noise or don't cause any troubles at all. I'm gonna be, in fact, I'm just gonna believe that I'm a sheep. I'm just gonna focus and concentrate and just believe that i'm a sheep i can i can act like a sheep i can actually take on the identity of a sheep i'm gonna believe 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 you know you know how these people do it they just meditate on things i'm just gonna believe 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 that i'm a sheep and that was fine and the bull went for like two weeks and he hadn't done anything wrong hadn't smashed any fences hadn't chased any hadn't lost his temper once and then for some silly reason the farmer went out there one day And he had this red rag and he was shaking it like that in front of the bull. And all of a sudden the bull just starts to fire up and he starts to charge straight after that because there was something in him that rose up because all along he wasn't a bull. He wasn't a sheep, rather, he was a bull, amen. The only way that he could ever become a sheep was if he would be born a sheep. And the only way you can become a Christian, the only way you can become a child of God is to be born again. And when you become born again, you receive Christ. And I'm telling you, Jesus said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, Isaiah 61. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and a day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. I tell you, when the Holy Spirit gets upon people, He sets them free. He wants to heal their emotions. Where am I up to? It's not up there. What was the last thing I just said? Isaiah 61. To provide for them, those who grieve in Zion. We on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They'll be called oaks of righteousness, a planning of the Lord for the display of His splendor. I'm telling you, God wants to set people free here tonight of emotional things. God wants to set people free here of pain in their bodies. So I, I, I guarantee, without a shadow of a doubt, could be as much as 80% of people that we see healed every weekend are healed as a result of the Holy Spirit touching on an emotional condition in their life. Something that's happened that's released. God's interested in the whole person, He's interested in our emotions. You know, the Bible says the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking, it's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you God wants to take out some things and put in some other things, amen. He wants to take hardship out, He wants to put freedom in. He wants to take he wants to take heaviness out and put like a garment of praise like a spirit of joy he wants to, he wants to, he wants to push that into people here tonight. That will be called Oaks of righteousness, a planning of the Lord. you know some people, depression and things get upon people so much that the future just looks dark they can't possibly and you might be here tonight I'm not going to embarrass anyone I'm not going to ask you to put up your hand or anything so don't worry but you might be here tonight and it's it's like it's like the future looks so dark you think well how could how could anything ever come of my life because of what's happening just how I feel right now I'm telling you, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Amen. They'll rebuild the ancient ruins, restore the places long devastated. Come on, God's got a mission for every person here tonight. Sometimes the greatest way to get out of of a dark place is just to find the mission that God has for you. Places long devastated to renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Aliens will shepherd your flocks, foreigners will work your fields and vineyards, and you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. There's a generation that's taking the word of God, changing their lives, changing the world around them, amen. It starts with the Holy Spirit coming upon you. It starts with you humbling yourself, reaching out to Him,